Jag ska bara göra ett snabbt test här nu bara och se. Jag sitter med tre jävla datorer för att få ihop det här. Det är lite spännande. <laughs> Welcome back to Maiden A to Z. My name is Eric. My name is Jonathan. And we have our uh, our now very familiar face to the, or voice to uh, Mr. Henrik Johansson. Yes. Back again. And uh, again. this time to do something uh, slightly new, a little bit different at least, at least. And it was the idea of uh, we are completists, right? And at Maiden A to Z, so we have to do yep. the cover songs too. And we've got a few of them already lined up now that we're hitting the Ds. And um, Henrik wanted to do covers. Why is that, Henrik? You like because, the idea? Because yeah, I like the idea. It was I don't I don't know really. When I started buying all the all the singles and stuff, when I started collecting like 30 years ago, I I became aware of the covers, and it, they all sort of I mean they became a part of the Iron Maiden history sort of sorts to me. So I yeah. pursued to buy the albums as well, then the original versions. So. Mm. Yeah, that's it's a quite, cool idea. Mm-hmm. And I think they're often quite glanced over, I think, among Maiden fans. The covers, they're seen as maybe a little, a little bit of fun, you know? Yeah, not, a novelty. Not to be taken yeah. too seriously. What do you think, Eric? Well, that's kind of what they're supposed to be. I mean, these are, you know, these... Um, uh, they're not supposed to be, you know, deadly serious. You know, the ideas... These are songs, a lot of times, they probably, you know, are, they were very familiar with and enjoyed, and, you know, just wanted to have a bit of fun playing them. So you shouldn't take them, you know, deadly serious, you know, listening to them either, probably. It is my feeling, like... Yeah, but I still think uh, it's serious picks anyway, you know. It oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, it, it paints is. a picture of, of their inspirations. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. but for instance, I one of the songs we're going to cover today, I won't say which one, I was listening today on YouTube, and um, the comment section was horrible, and they were like, you know, oh, they ruined the song, it's not as good as the original. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock, it's not as good as the original, but I don't think that was the fucking point either. It's just supposed to be a fun, to, they enjoyed playing it, and they needed a, a you know, a, a song to have on the other side of the, you know, the single. That's that's how that's how B-sides work. Yeah. It uh, doesn't, you know, have to be, you know, gold, it can just be, it can be fine, or just, like I said, just a bit of fun. Yeah, and we've been on it over and over. The thing that covers is just nice. It's a way to do music. Aside from yeah. doing your own stuff, you know, it's just a, a different mm. way of doing it and uh, um, definitely a different result as well. It's, you don't tackle it in the same way. And the first one in, it's still alphabetically because it's made in A to C. It's mm-hmm. all in your mind, song by Stray. And uh, if I recall correctly, that was on a single off of No Pray for the Dying, right? That's correct. Holy smoke. Yeah. I think I I like well I do prefer the original actually because it's got its very own sort of psychedelic garage type of sound and uh, I was not aware of Stray when I bought the Holy Smoke single so it was a very to to me it was just oh why didn't they record another Jethro Tull song or something that I would be familiar with but I like it it's a very small band, right? Stray. Not often have you heard them no. be mentioned. I'm sure they must have been one of those bands that Steve saw in London in the 70s. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah. 
Now the difference uh, between the versions is quite big. Um, here's a small clip from the original one. So it's this very psychedelic desert yeah. rock type sound. Mm. Lots of percussion. And a kind of simple riff with a chopper effect or a tremolo effect. Mm. It has a raw garage type sound. And yeah. here you can start recognizing it a little bit to the Maiden version with this mm -hmm. charge up riff. Yeah. And somehow somehow I always hear Love Will Tear Us Apart by Joy Division in that melody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another young um, band. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cool riff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the, the original has all these, as you, these lush vocal harmonies, while yeah. Bruce does his sort of like raspy, screaming, angry Fox voice on that one. So early '90s voice, and yeah, yeah, I was kind of pleasantly surprised by this original. I didn't count on it being something like this. I thought it would be maybe more towards free or something like that that I know that mm, he used yeah. to dig. Uh, but this uh, way more psychedelic and garage oriented, maybe a little bit. 13th floor elevators or something like that, you know. Mm. And a long song too, right? Near 10 minutes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's the opening track of the album. And I believe the album is their first one as well. It's just called Stray. It's from 1970. Yeah. And you have it there, right? Mm. Yeah, I do. I just, I just had to check the year, but it was 1970. What do you think about the rest of it? The rest of it is a bit in the same vein. I haven't listened a lot to it, but it's it's one of those things that I can listen to when I when I want to listen to that type of music, but it's it's not really songs that right. compel me to go and listen to it again. We'll play a little bit of the Maiden version just for reference. Yeah. <clears throat> Nico let rip. Pretty good sound on the drums. <laughs> I like it. Mm. Wow, wow. Wow, wow. Loose steam a little bit here with Bruce, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, also it's, it's I mean, you know, like the, the maiden version. You, you said the the original is ten minutes. The maiden version is like four minutes thirty seconds or something. Yeah. So mm. here's the chorus then. Oh well. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you get it right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, it's a yeah. it's kind of fun. Kind of cool. fun. Yeah. yeah, fun. I think a good tribute to an unknown band as well, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Have they responded to this? You know, have they had any reactions to Maiden covering their song? I I don't know really. I'm sure they have, but in one way or another. Yeah, because I heard something about the the guy coming out of Stray and saying that um, he was honored by the by the song being picked by Steve. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, uh, amongst other things, I had a very simple website in the '90s where I listed all the Maiden covers, and we actually got a a mail, an email from a person then who claimed to be a later drummer of Stray who was. So very happy about seeing Stray on the internet. <laughs> so it was very early. I mean, like 96, 97, something like that. Oh, wow. Mm. Cool. And yeah, you can't, can't say that much more. Uh, what other songs in this era? Was it uh, Kill Me Sessoir? That You mean that Maiden covered in the yeah, same? during the yeah. no player yeah. sessions. Yeah they, yeah, they did Kill Me Sessoir. They did uh, I'm a Mover by Free. All right, yeah. And they did another one that we're... I guess we're going to come to in the song after the next one. I think no, so, yeah. The next song, Maybe. I guess it is. All right. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Now, I got to just ask, uh, this this website, is this, it's, it's, it's not still up, is it? No, I, I was looking for it, uh, for it the other day just to see if it's actually still up. But it, yeah. I used some kind of free web service and they sort of ceased to exist in the, they by this millennium. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, there must be like a big digital scrapyard somewhere. Yeah, in, in the ether. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with a lot of weird banners and you know mm. these kind of uh, uh, row breakers, bleeding row breakers, and under construction yeah. gifts. You know. and, exactly. and and the uh, and the, and you got the uh, the uh, the um, what's it called? Uh, the horrendous looking glittery, uh, you know, uh, uh, guest book gifts. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, yeah, and also also you had to have a counter. So the counter, yeah, I was going to say, the counter, yeah. Did you have a website too, uh, Eric? I had one. I, I had several. I mean, I helped some bands make a couple of websites. You know, this is, I mean, I wasn't very good at it, but I was better than they were. And this is back when you could, um, I mean, you know, at that point, buying, uh, I mean, there was a band called Blueprint that I helped a little bit of that. And instead, you couldn't buy, I mean, I, I'm assuming <clears> Blueprint.com was probably taken at that point. It probably is now as well. But, you know, I, I had no idea how to you know, go about doing buying a website, but what you could do is you could get like these forwarding things. Like you buy like it would be like move dot two slash yeah, you know, blueprint. Or get put dot two slash Oh yeah, I remember those. And, you know, I had one. Surf dot two yeah. slash Jonas I had for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you yeah. Go. <laughs> my wares my wares website which just links to wares that I found in other websites links lists. Yeah. You know. <laughs> similar things but mm-hmm. i also had a serious one that we we reviewed rpg games like japanese rpg games and uh, there you go yeah mm-hmm. we even had the license to to go and borrow it in the local shop you know we had a banner with their logo on so yeah it was the early version of of uh, podcasting for me i guess mm-hmm. 90s the beautiful 90s and that was mm-hmm. all in your mind i think we do a simplified version here instead of on the list or not just j or nay in the and in, in just in the category of maiden covering Stuff. I like it. Yeah, yay, yay. Yeah, I'm gonna mm-hmm. say yay. Good one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Happy with it. And I think they did. They did the right thing, not doing it for ten minutes, even though the original yeah. is superior. Yeah, that's probably a probably a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> like they're famous for doing the other, doing it the other way around, right? Mm, the the ill advised yes. way. Yeah. So this was maybe <laughs> making up for that, you know, in a sense, mm, yeah. even though they hadn't done Angel Angel yet. But yeah. Mm. Next cover in. What is it, Henrik? 
Uh, is it communication breakdown? It is communication breakdown yeah. by it's by this unknown hidden gem of a rock band. Yeah. I think they call yeah. the Led Zeppelin. Something, something like that. Yeah, from one of their early records. From, mm. from the yeah, I've, from, I've, 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 I've heard I've heard talk about this Led Zeppelin guy. Who is yeah. he? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Apparently, we that was a, one of those mocking band names. Someone told uh, Jimmy Page that your new band is going to sink like a Led Zeppelin mm. when he presented the idea. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those. There are a few more out there. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but that was one. I have a I have yeah. a joke I do every now and again. I, initially, I did I did it I did it one time as just as a joke, and, and then annoyed enough people who didn't know that I was kidding that I keep doing it every now and again. Or I just post a thing where I said I, I love Led Zeppelin. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. he was really good in the remake of The Wicker Man. Oh yeah, there you go. Very good. yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's listen to Maiden's version though, because uh, it's been a while for me actually since I heard it. So I don't remember how they tackled the. I mean, it's a characteristic sound right on the first Led Zeppelin album, especially yeah. yeah, especially Bonham the drums. And I know that Maiden are fans, particularly of John Bonham. He's been mentioned mm. by, by many of the members. I think Bruce mentioned him. Yeah, Nico definitely did, and Steve I know for a fact did. So he's, he, they're fans of his, at least. Mm. Here we go. Yeah, uh, nothing too exciting happening there. Two things mm. I noticed. Steve did cool bass lines, and also mm. the shugging reminded me a bit of 22 Keisha Avenue, so that tied it a little bit into into Maiden. But aside from that, uh, not too exciting, I wouldn't say. No, I'm, I, I remember not being very overwhelmed by the song, but that's because I don't, I'm not really a fan of the Zeppelin version either. No, it's not so. awesome, no. I mean, they've done some fantastic music, and I, I would not say that Communication Breakdown is on that list. No, no, mm. yeah, no, I wouldn't say it says here. Was this also during the No Prayer phase? Yeah, this this was the 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 other one that they the other one yeah did. It, it was um, on the twelve inch for Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter. Oh, okay. like twelve inch, I say. It was on the CD as well. I don't know about the cassette, but yeah. One of all those versions, right? We talked about that, how they made five versions and then yeah. ended up ended up number one. Probably a yeah. lot of fans bought five copies. Yeah. I think I think it's um it's a bit bit of the same because I think they maybe could have done something kind of cool with this. Again, it's not the most exciting song to begin with, like you just like we just said. But it's the way Bruce is singing it. He's just sort of, you know, what I, like I call it, he's just sort of ACDCing you the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. And it's not, not particularly, like that's, you know, he can do so much more. And that's, that's why that kind of period in general is, you know, vocal wise, not very exciting. Like it's like the Tattoo Millionaire album. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. But I was surprised actually that he's, he sang as much melody as he did on this one. I didn't remember him being mm. that, trying to, trying to be Robert Plant as yeah. much. I was, really. supposed, I was surprised the other way around. I thought this was a bad vocal. Um, 
Yeah, I'm not saying it was very delivery. good, but it but it yeah. was a lot more melodic than I expected it to be. Again, he remember. probably just did one or two takes and wasn't that serious about it. But I think he could have done better. It was a little yeah, bit probably. weak there. A yeah, weak there. And the drums also didn't really they didn't do much for the groove. I mean, compared to the original, I wouldn't say. No, he's just he's just playing by the numbers in some kind of way. I mean, I think they're just playing their way through the song. I mean, in a playful way. Yeah, and not having rehearsed it a lot and, you know, just having to go at it. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine I mean, them, them looking at the tunes, like how do you play it, what chord is there? I think they're, they're really cracking them out, probably. That's the yeah. feeling I get. Maybe Stray they had to take a look at, but then Steve was, as he is, the boss. So Yeah, yeah, but I mean, they don't even know how to end the communication breakdown. It's, it, I mean, that's the best bit about it, I think, that they <laughs> sort of disintegrate and just... and. There's a guitar going on, and just by itself. <laughs> Falling to pieces. Yeah. Yeah. to pieces yeah yeah I, I can dig that sometimes i can dig that that's a bit b-side charm to that you know yeah it is rowdy and yeah for for the single maybe it works you know together with bring it order as a little extra energy what else was on that single uh it was uh i'm a mover i'm a mover the, uh, f- yeah. by free yeah that's for, that's for another episode, I guess. For another episode. Pretty good band, actually. Free. It's interesting. Very good band. I, yeah. I discovered them very late also. It's this kind of completely bland rock, but it's super quality somehow. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. But that's not where we are. Uh, what about this no. one? J or nay? I'm going to go negative. I'm going to say nay for this one. I think they could have done a better job at it. Me too. Nay. I, I agree. I'm going to go nay. Boo. Communication breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. Maiden. No. Mm-hmm. It's all right, but I mean, it just could have been better. And uh, yeah. that brings us back to the, the, the glory of the early 80s with the next cover, Cross-Eyed Mary. Yeah, that's a totally different beast. Yeah, yeah, this is pretty cool for me. I, my dad was always a fan, so I followed this band my whole life, pretty much. I haven't seen them live, and I'm not like familiar with the whole discography, but definitely with Aqualang. Also, mm. Songs from the Woods, or Wood. Uh, also a big one, uh, Thick as a Brick, I like. Uh, what yeah. do you think, Henrik? What do you think about Jethro Tull? I like them a lot. I mean, I ha- I don't have a lot of their albums, but I I do have Aqualung, of course, and I do have Songs from the Wood that you mentioned, actually. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I have a lot earlier albums. Not that I'm a blues fan of such, but it, there's just something really interesting about their, their take on blues, I think. Yeah. I think uh, Ian mm. Anderson could be an inspiration to both uh, Bruce and Steve. Because Definitely. Because he seems stubborn, yeah. you know, this stubborn band leader. He's doing, it, he's doing the whole thing his own way, you could say. He didn't know how yeah. to properly play that flute. His fingering was wrong up until the mm. mid-90s, he said, because he just wanted to, you know, make a mark or make his stand. And he couldn't play guitars as good as he wanted to. So he pawned, mm. it, in, pawned it in for a flute and a little amplifier, as yeah. I've heard, you know, and... Uh, the rest it's, is history, as the cliche says. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Cross-Eyed Mary is a cool song, I think. And I think it works for Maiden. Definitely a tribute that needs to happen because it's yeah. a big band for Steve. And, mm-hmm, or, and Bruce, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, Bruce performed with uh, Anderson as well on stage. Yeah, yeah, he did in, in Canterbury Cathedral in, I, I don't remember the year, but it was... up in this in this sweatshirt he rocks up in looks like a sunday yeah. sunday netflix outfit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes in but he wears it a bit like the, the peace of mind uh, stray jacket mm. straight jacket straight jacket that's yeah he wears it a bit like that and then he comes in and sings a cappella revelations the, the original yeah. hymn and i think they did jerusalem as well or? They did yeah, I think they did, yeah. yeah they did that yeah. yeah that's that's a i would love to have heard that you know recorded properly yeah i love that song but, uh, I love the yeah. song. Listen to it the other day. I mean, the Bruce version, but obviously that's a hymn too. Yeah, the lyrics are, or most of the lyrics are William Blake, the hymn Jerusalem. I'm not as tall as William Blake. <laughs> Rather short chap. So this is Jerusalem, uh, probably as you've never heard it before. <clears throat> probably never again. <laughs> Yeah. Hey. 
about you, your throttle? Do you mess with them? Uh, no, yeah, I mean, sort of, but also fairly recently, all things said, I'm talking the last maybe like three or f maybe five years. Um, just one of those things where I never really got in, got into them. And then they sort of, you know, as time goes on, I kind of sprinkle more of their stuff onto playlists and whatnot, and, you know, getting, you yeah. know, maybe not some of the thing about, I probably listen to a like I, I make these huge long playlists. I have for different, you know, different situations and different uh, moods. And there's probably a ton of their stuff on it, uh, but I, I wouldn't be able to point it out very well because like Aqualung is not one of them, for instance, that's not on any of my lists, mm -hmm. but like some kind of weird, like some sort of slightly more obscure song is on there. And if I'm just listening to it, then I don't really know necessarily if it's them or, you know, I don't know what, you know, it could be all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so, but yeah, I do. I, yeah. Nice way to listen to music. We can't listen mm. to everything like we listen to Maiden, right? No. With this mm. uh, hyper categorizing and nerding out on it and knowing <laughs> all the details. It's nice sometimes there, when there is this band that is just a, a concept to you and you can mix them yeah. up even with other bands. Yeah. It doesn't matter that much. It's, it's also kind of fun just sort of starting to, you know, enjoy a band you know, you know, many, many, many years after the fact, and you kind of like, oh my, you, know, you start digging something, and like, whoa, I got like you know, fifteen albums here that I, you know, I can go through. Yeah. Um, that guy, uh, just in the last like year and a half, I had the same thing with a band called the James Gang, um, where I just sort of like, I, 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 uh, I'd known what I knew their hit, but I, that was that's not one of the great ones, and I, I, that, I didn't particularly like. They're 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 most known for a funk uh, number forty nine, I think. And they did a lot of other stuff that's really a lot better. And when I stumbled upon that, I became a huge fan. And I started checking out all kinds. They have, they have you know, tons of great albums. James it's kind of nice. The James, James Gang. Yeah, I like them it, too. It was, uh, uh, there's yeah. an album. What's the name? Bang. Yeah, that's the one. That's yeah. the that's the one I really like. And that's not even the one that I'm going. I'm doing air quotes with the real. You know, the real the real guys because uh -huh. at that point Joe Walsh wasn't in the band anymore. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, he's yeah. famous well, from, from the Eagles, right? Yeah, yeah. So we'll get to that when we do the, the James Gang A to Z. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bang Bang is a cool album. It's a cool album. There's one song that is something like "Life is Great." If you're, <coughs> ah, I don't remember. Good yeah. album, anyway. Yeah. Like Check it, it out. It's all, yeah. it's, it's, it's all over the place. You can get it at Spotify, or, and you know, there's or just go 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 buy it. Is what you yeah. should do, really. But Crossside Mary was on the B side of the Trooper, and yeah. as I've gathered, at some point it was even released as an A side single. It was an American radio promo A-side, okay. because it's a really weird, weird thing where the song, for some reason, be became played a lot on American radio. The American record company even wanted to put it on the Peace of Mind album, but uh, Maidenwood had none of that. No, that, yeah. that was ill-advised. Yeah, yeah, it was. But they managed to somehow go around that by releasing a picture disc version where Cross-Eyed Mary is the first song on the B-side. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, really weird. Yeah. That's really weird. Probably sells expensively now. It does. I'm gonna see if, I can see if I can find that. Let's listen to a bit of Cross-Eyed Mary. It's interesting in the sense that obviously Jethro Tull is flute-led and Maiden are not going to play flutes on it. So you have, have to translate the flute line to guitar. And then also uh -huh. I think Bruce's approach is worth an ear or two. Yeah. I like the bass here. Yeah. Nice hi-hat too. Mm. This is really... Here they're serious, you know. Yeah, but it's really good. Yeah. 
systems. Chromatic. Mm. Long intro. This is mm. way different drumming approach, uh, I think, in terms of quality compared to the other two covers we just listened to. Yeah, I mean, they're playing a, like it's an original. Yeah, it's a very inspired take on it, I think. Yeah. Uh, Bruce seems to be very high up there. You know? Yeah. Is, it, is this the same it, key as the original? Or? It is the same key. And the weird thing, there, there is a story that the band recorded the backing tracks. Steve had just asked Bruce if, are you okay with the key? And he says, yeah, yeah, so it's fine. And they record the tracks, mm. but he never really tried to sing it before he went into the studio to sing to the already recorded tracks and discovered it was a bit too on the high side. On oh, the yeah. other hand, I've never heard, I don't know of any of the Maiden covers that they have changed key from the original in. So I don't know why they were, have been considering that on this one. Maybe because of the strange vocal style of, of uh, Ian Anderson. Possibly, there. yeah. Which, again, yeah. shows that they were a lot more involved in making this cover than, than the later ones. Yeah. Perhaps. And mm. it sounds better, too, I think. It sounds really yeah, cool. I think uh, I've got the 7-inch uh, original press, I think, or one of the original presses. Mm. And it sounds good on that one, too. It has that yeah. aggressive peace of mind mid-register that just kind of yeah. crispy and hits you hard. And Yeah, it's, it's cool. I like it. It's it's really they did good. it at the right time, too, I think. Yeah, I say you can find the picture disc uh, version uh, for about a about a hundred bucks on uh, or nine hundred and forty crowns Swedish crowns on eBay. Okay, yeah, I yeah. guess that it's it's been around that level for quite a while actually. But, yeah. yeah, and apparently, so, so according to this here, I was looking at the disc. So Crossside, uh, Crossside Mary is the uh, yeah, it's the last track on the first side. Apparently, okay, yeah, that's what it is. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Still very weird because it kind of interrupts the flow of the. It definitely does. The album. So the yeah. six, like six songs on the first side, then right, but including that. Yeah. So the last yeah. one. Uh, yeah. So the yeah. Long uh, side. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Then again, this one is just short of four minutes, so it's not very long. Neither is the original. I think it's similar in length. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. arrangement is exactly the same. I think. Yeah. The Maiden on the Jesper Salt version. And I also thought about that riff, and that I really like that. You know, hey, Ratchild, it's pretty close. Yeah. Even when it modulates up, I'm thinking about that break in Ratchild, you know, that. It has a yeah. similar. You know, I mean, it, rolls, it rolls in a similar fashion. 
Yeah, I mean, Steve, uh, uh, Jethro Tull is a huge influence on Steve. So yeah. I'm sure I'm sure he he knew about this. I'm, I mean, he may not have been conscious about it, but I'm sure it's there affecting what he came up with. And Ratchild is not even that much younger as a song. A no, few years younger. A few years, yeah, I think. Yeah. Like perhaps five. These are the moments when you're reminded that Maiden really has a foot in the 70s. Yeah. Which you, mm-hmm. it's easy to forget because of the first album being released in 1980. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of 70s flavor in, I guess, up until Number of the Beast. Or what would you guys say on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the, yeah. I mean, Killers is definitely very 70s flavory. But um, yeah. I think there are moments on later albums, but yeah. not not as consistently as on the two first ones. Well, no, I think, yeah, uh, yeah, with definitely. Number of the Beast, you have um, Invaders is pretty seventies, you know. Yeah, the purple, you know, and and the I mean, Children of the Damned maybe more early eighties, but it mm. definitely has a root rooted in the traditional rock style. Twenty Two Acacia Avenue, obviously written in the seventies to a large extent. Mm. And uh, and those uh, shuffly riffs uh, in that one also yeah. lean towards that. So there's a lot of it in Maiden, and I think, yeah, just uh, this is a good choice of a cover, you know. And they yeah. didn't go for a deeper cut. Uh, what could they have done with Throttle if it wasn't this one? Maybe Locomotive Breath. That's, I guess, a popular choice. I don't know. Uh, that's a very good question. Would they have done some some other song that would have been easier or? More interesting or whatever. I don't know because this one is really good. So, well done. Yeah, mm. definitely yay for this one from my end. It's a, ve- it's a very yay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Hell mm. yeah. Yeah. And I <laughs> and I wanted to ask you, Henrik. Also, did you start listening to Yathro Tal before Maiden or because of Maiden? Uh, I'm guilty. It's because of Maiden, of course. <laughs> yeah, but that's a good thing, though. That's another. Yeah, it is. That's another thing about the covers that you shouldn't mm. miss. That the covers could be. A sort of ambassadorship, you know, music ambassador that Steve, yeah. is, Steve and the boys are introducing their favorites. And mm. I mean, you're not going to love all of those bands, but maybe one of them you'll really like. Exactly. And become a fan of. So it's also that function when mm. I think every band should do some covers, if only for that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I can't even remember what was the first Jethro Tull song I've heard, I heard, if I had heard anything before I heard the Maiden cover. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. So that's about it for that one. And uh, the next one, it's uh, the cover itself, not huge, right? But uh, it uh, has another function in Maiden, aside from this cover that is kind of huge, right? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, we're on Dr. Doctor, are we? Exactly, yes. Dr. Doctor. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, we should uh, listen to a little bit of that because that's just brings good memories to Maiden fans, I think. Mm.
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Lights of Mars are noticing the room more affecting. Yeah, so in case we need mentioning it, it's been used as a concert pre-intro for Maiden on a lot of shows. And mm. it's been debated how much. Uh, I haven't seen any clear answers to that. No, yeah, I, I was going to ask, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, there, there are sources that claim that it was actually on the tape that was played way back in the early days, in the pub days. But, and that must have been the, the studio version of the song. And then... I don't recall having heard it at all uh, as a as the intro to a Maiden gig thing before I saw them in '98 on the Virtual Eleven tour because mm. I found it very strange that they would put on a song that they themselves had covered and why didn't they choose Cross-eyed Mary then instead of this one? <laughs> yeah. yeah, all right, all yeah. right, fair <laughs> enough. But this one is more anthemic, more opening. Again, it's very reminiscent of um, Ides of March, for example, with that. You know the the fanfare type vibe. Mm, yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely become very anthemic when it comes to our maiden now. So, but also the arrangement, you know, with the with the hits in the beginning. Could be on any killers type song as an intro, and then obviously when it goes into that shuffle, it leans more towards. The seventies rock, or um, yeah. even dance band kind of sound, you know. Exactly. <laughs> that's not really a thing in English, but I guess uh, no, it's not. Out uh, no. I mean, I guess that's a Swedish response to country or something like that. Uh, this <laughs> sh- shuffle <laughs> rhythm, not really, because we have country as well. But yeah. it's this shuffle rhythm music that you're supposed to dance and drink to. It's like a discotheque for rural old timers. Ah, uh, something like mm. that. But it has yeah, that well. groove, you know, always. It's easy to understand. and uh, yeah, Ma- well. Maiden, Maiden uses it sometimes, but they don't really go for that type of shuffle. Normally it's more uh, aggressive, like da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And, uh, be- and they're all the better for it, because I can't yes. stand that type of shuffle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've heard you <laughs> yeah. don't like this song. I, I, like the, I like it a lot. It's written by a 16-year-old uh, Michael Schenker, favorite guitarist of Adrian Smith. Mm. And one of my favorites too, and it's written as an instrumental. And then the song, the music, the singing is superimposed on top of that. Yeah. And it became a pretty big hit for UFO. I'm not entirely familiar with UFO, but that's a band I've started to look up, look into now, mm. like last year. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I'm not very familiar with them as well, too, because I, I never really, I never really got into that UFO, Thinly see, you know, okay. that. I love that stuff. That later era of 70s bands, yeah. Yeah, a little bit more disco-flavored era, in a sense. Uh, like punk oh. disco or something. But uh, I think it's a strange but nice era of rock. Well, punk disco sounds very strange, but I'm not sure that's how I <laughs> would I recognize a... UFO. But <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I wouldn't call that. The, the era, not UFO, but the era yeah. had that, you know. Yeah, there was a lot yeah, of, sure. you know, pointing your finger down to the left and then up to the right. Like, mm. that's, that's that kind of groove and then also punk was becoming a thing like uh, you should yeah because in the 70s the bands were going wild especially towards the mid 70s the prog bands were mm. maybe getting too proggy and i like prog rock a lot mm. 
but they were getting they were becoming silly and yeah. then the kind of rock music maybe for the first time i mean that could be argued but rock music kind of broke you know it shattered into pieces and uh, i think maiden was coming up in that exact time and mm. probably that's a good time to come up if you have a unique sound like maiden because yeah. the references are all broken at that point if you get what i mean yeah but like, that's the thing then you can sort of build whatever you like out of the rubbles yes if you use that analogy so yeah and that makes the era interesting to me and i just happen to like mm-hmm. uh, especially the way the, the guitars work in this era maybe for drummers or drum fans i am one it's less mm-hmm. interesting in the sense that the beats would become more flat this is a very flat you, you're, you're talking disco-y stuff now or no rock but uh, rock there was stuff, a little yeah. bit of a little bit of that seeping in into a lot of it you know and then there was the aor with boston and, and yeah. that kind of mm-hmm. stuff you know so easy listening was part of it somehow you know? Yeah, of course, Maiden didn't cover it that early. It's with nope. Blaze, B-side of Lord of the Flies. Yeah. This is mm. smack in the middle of the 90s, 95. Mm. Uh, this particular cover version I've listened to once, I think, or twice in, yeah. in my well, life. Uh, twice for me, yeah. Yeah. Once back then, and then and then once just before we did this thing. <laughs> yeah, it sounds okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I enjoy it. I mean, you know... And it still reminds me a lot of Killers, actually. It's funny because uh, Henrik loves Killers and doesn't love this song. But I I hear a lot Mm. of Killers in this. Even the lyrics, like the the thematic of it, it could be a song off of there. But it would be a little bit different in rhythmical arrangement then, I think. Yeah. Perhaps faster. Possibly. I'm not not sure I agree with you, but I I think it's... I mean, I think this version that they did, I think Blaze sounds fairly decent, okay, I think. And it's... Really weird that they choose to use an electric piano in the intro. Yeah, they they play that version sometimes also before their shows. Uh, the live version by UFO, where yeah. there is an electric piano. Mm. Uh, they did that last time when we saw them in on the Legacy tour. They had the electric yeah. piano leading. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still gonna say that it has a lot of killers. Not the verses, but the intro definitely could be on killers and the chorus as well. The living, loving, I'm on the road. It could be quite close to Twilight Zone, mm. for example. Not really that far mm. from Twilight Zone. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, they they are a huge influence on the band. Or I mean, Pete Way. And Pete Way is Steve. the biggest single yeah. influence, I think. Pete yeah. Way. Uh, if you like, take out one person that is the biggest influence on Steve and therefore on Iron Maiden, it is Pete yeah. Way. He yeah. even came in with the bass player pants. You know? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the the balloon the balloon pants. Yeah. And the whole look and the way he moves on stage, Steve really exactly. copied it, idolized this guy. And the mm. big difference between him and Pete is that Pete was very heavy on drinking and drugs and partying. 
mm. and therefore is no longer with us. Yeah. While Steve is more of a health freak, so I guess you know he's the he's the kind of the, the better of the two brothers, if you will. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, important band on on Maiden. I think uh, on most of them. Again, you know, not only Steve, definitely also Adrian, because again, uh, Schenker was yeah, his favorite Schenker, guitarist. Yeah. Mm. And he also imitated the look of Schenker. He, t- he said himself that he went and dyed his hair blonde after he saw him play on the Roundhouse in London mm. and had tried to look the same but couldn't afford a, a Gibson Flying V. So that was the only, the only part that he couldn't imitate, so to speak. Yeah. And the way he uses the wah and everything, you know, it's a huge influence on him. Mm. Yeah, but it's that, it's that more melodic uh, playing, I mean, for, of Michael Schenker. I mean, he's... Yeah. It's not being the it's not the sig- signature shredder in that sense. It's more, yeah, melodic. And very good vibrato and tone. You know, sounds mm. very musical, very pleasing to the ears. And I think Adrian has went for that style himself. Yeah, yeah, definitely for sure. Uh, Eric, what about you? UFO, Doctor Doctor. Yeah, I mean, I also was introduced to this song uh, via Maiden uh, way back when. Um, yeah, I mean, I I, I love the original. Um, uh, it's a fun song to play as well on guitar, yeah. um, but I, this this version I is kind of uh, they didn't really do anything with it. They just kind of just did a you know just it's just a very um, they recorded it. <laughs> they recorded it, and that's fine. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's that's cool. And Blaze sounds good on, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's 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 not the most exciting uh, uh, co- cover they've done. I mean, it's not even the most exciting cover we've talked about so far. So. No. It's, it's uh, lukewarm, somewhat lukewarm, I think. Yeah. yeah. But mm. also kind of, yeah, I guess it should have happened at some point because of the band being so important. And again, the kind of ambassadorship that mm. uh, is maybe is at hand. And also, I think there's a symbolic value to this song being the intro intro or the pre-intro for me. And it's kind of the, the torch, you know, is passed from, from the 70s into the 80s. You know, they're, they're taking the torch from there, from Steve's favorite band. And, and now Maiden is coming on, you know. Mm. A thought just occurred to me, and I'm, this might, I might be completely wrong, but I'm assuming that um, since Maiden used the song as an intro uh, on you know every gig they do since quite a long, you know, for quite a while at this point, so it's, it's fair to assume that via Maiden that song has been played live in front of more people than it was when UFO was doing it. Yeah, and some Definitely, money for that too. Yeah. They have to pay for that too. Mm, well, I imagine so. Yes. Do you know any other of these examples? I know one, and that's. Uh, uh, it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll, which is Metallica's always before uh, the song from the Annie Morricone song, uh, Ecstasy of Gold. Ecstasy of Gold. Before yeah. that, they mm. almost always play a uh, long way to the top, ACDC and good charge up. Kiss has Won't Get Fooled Again. By? By The Who. The Who. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. That makes sense. Mm. Actually, also an influence um, on Maiden, and they did a Who, a Who cover in these same times as this one I think. yeah they yeah. did well, generation. We'll, we'll get to that yeah it's a few covers to mm-hmm. get to but also it's as you can hear dear listeners quite effective in this sense like we there are a lot of things to say about these songs but they won't be tackled the same way as maiden songs it's a, a different approach altogether but i yeah. think it's interesting yeah. that you henrik have tried and gathered quite a few of the originals that could yeah. be interesting along the way and uh, i mean as a teaser have we done any of your favorite covers yet? Maybe one. Uh, we definitely done one of them, uh, yeah. but there are a few that are 
I'm not gonna say. I'm not sure if they're better, but they are definitely on par with it. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I think clearly in this episode, Cross-eyed Mary sticks out. It does definitely. It's yeah, very very good, and still good that it was not on Peace of Mind. <laughs> what a weird mm-hmm. flow. Yeah, <laughs> especially if it was Unless, last. In, in, well, it is if you want to pay nine hundred crowns for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's good that I'm not a com- that much of a completist because my wallet yeah, will, will, will be suffering. Yeah, my, my wallet might get sad in a few minutes because I'm I, I saw like five different ones and there was one for like six hundred. Yeah, I think I might have to <laughs> get well, it. It's only racing in value. Get it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might as well. I might, I, well, I better just get two of them then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I told my friend that it's a good currency for the future apocalypse. M- made in original pressings. Yeah, yeah that's gonna get you food. Okay. Well, I think that's it, isn't it? Pretty much. This time, it's a fun one. Yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, mm-hmm. we'll do these as long as Henrik is on, because we need <laughs> you for we need you for the cover episodes. Well, I'm very flattered. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, we got interesting stuff coming up. D, mm-hmm. a, a quite big letter. You know, you can imagine yourself. A few cool songs in there, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Squall from the north and uh, up the irons, I guess. Appearance? Yep. Bye.